hallelujah praise the lord so today just what i said i believe that i want us to think about important things to consider as we move forward amen because god has great plans for us he has great plans for this church he has great plans for the christian he has great plans for the christian every christian god has great plans for every christian but it depends on the christian to allow god to let his great plans come to pass amen so god's great plans can come to pass depending on whether we allow him we can decide that god whatever your will is for my life no matter how difficult it is i will accept it or we can decide that we'll just go with the status quo and reject his uh, promptings in our lives to do things that are convenient or easier hallelujah but you and i we must remember that god has blessings and promises rich and precious promises for the christian for the church for our church and for each individual amen and you and i can walk in those blessings so we are going to be moving forward searching forward in the things of god amen and when you search forward in the things of god it affects every aspect of your life look for example at, at ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 the bible says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who hath blessed us with most of the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ jesus this is not the bible we read this is uh, maybe some other people might have a bible like that which is not the true bible but the true bible does not say most the true bible says every glory to god blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places go back to king james where we will have our that, that would be our key blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who hath blessed us with all every all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ look at it in nasb hallelujah to jesus now that's very important blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in christ jesus or in christ so the spiritual blessings are more superior to physical blessings spiritual blessings are not just the blessings of abraham but the blessings of abraham that come through christ so it's the blessings of abraham good health long life all the spiritual blessings but remember that spiritual blessings forgiveness of sins righteousness peace joy uh, 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 jesus i mean there, there are so many it's, it's, it's a lot of spiritual blessings that's why the bible doesn't say with the spiritual blessings but every because there are so many that the bible needed to quantify that it is every spiritual blessing spiritual blessings when you have spiritual blessings you would get the end result of the spiritual blessings which are physical blessings finances health peace all those things but you can get finances but not necessarily be blessed why the blessings of the lord they make rich but they added no sorrows so there are different there are blessings in quotes which are not from god and i say in quotes because they are not true blessings because true blessings only come from god but there are rich riches financial riches that people have that do not that, that doesn't give them joy 
That's why Jesus said the man's life is not, does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. So we must be aware of covetousness. But the Bible says, blessed be the God. So you and I must bless God and thank God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because he has blessed us already. Past tense. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if he has already blessed us, why are many Christians not walking in victory? Why are many Christians not walking in the spiritual blessings? Because remember that spiritual blessings are higher ranking than physical blessings. Because you can have physical blessings but not have spiritual blessings. But when you have spiritual blessings, physical blessings will attach themselves to it. Amen. So you and I must remember that we need to behave in certain ways or act in certain ways so that God gives us the spiritual blessings or rather we receive the spiritual blessings if the spiritual blessings are already as ours and have been given to us we need to position ourselves in the right way so that we would be able to receive the spiritual blessings i don't know if you got what i mean if god has already given us something we don't need to ask for it we need to receive it the holy ghost was given to us the early day church it was already given so that's why the bible didn't say they beg to God for the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, and they received the Holy Ghost. And they received the Holy Ghost. When something has been given to you, you receive it or reject it or you don't stretch your hands because you don't know it exists. So the question is, do you and I, are you and I ready and allowing ourselves to stretch forth our hands to receive the spiritual blessings God has given to us? Hallelujah. So, what are some of the important things to consider as we move on in life? There are very important keys. Number one, I believe we know already, but it's very, very important. We must love God. Love God. It's something that we must always remember. To love God and love each other. Look at John 13, 34 and 35. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. You and I must love God. If we love God, we have done the best thing we can ever do. There is nothing greater than loving God and loving our neighbor. Nothing you and I can do in church. Think about it. Nothing you, you and I can do in church. There are many people who are trying their best to do so many things. And in doing that, they are not working in love. Because they feel that they know more than the Bible. So they are not working in love and they are, they are focusing on certain things. They are focusing, 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 focusing so hard on certain things that they have missed the commandments. And because of that, when they get to heaven, they'll be surprised that the rewards they thought they would get, they will not get. Because Jesus didn't say uh, 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 the greatest commandment is X or Y. No, no, the greatest commandment is simple. Love God and love your neighbor. But let's look at the second commandment. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Meaning, I've given you a new commandment, or I have explained the commandment I've already written long time ago. Because this new commandment just means I am re I I'm explaining to you what the commandment of God is all about. Because this new commandment was already in uh, the Old Testament. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
I am for I am the Lord. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. So number one, love one another. Now the way I've loved you, you should love one another the same way. So love one another and love one another the way I have loved you. Verse 35. By this, not by the things many people are doing, but by this, not by criticizing or pulling people down or, 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 or judging people, no, but by this. I remember I used to go on outreach and when I go on outreach, there, there, there was even a, a, a pastor's child once and a number of people who were in church who said they don't they don't believe in church any longer i said why because people judge them in the churches they attended these are people who i've never met before they were in churches somewhere in minnesota or in different different parts of the country and they said that they don't believe in church anymore because the people in the church they were in judged them criticized them and said all sorts of things against them people lied on them so many things and that, that's that, that's all we hear I remember there was a time I was with my boss his car uh, uh, was at the mechanic so he asked me to give him a ride home As he, when, when I started my car preaching, my pastor's message was preaching we're hearing preach, preaching and he said oh wow so are you one of the Christians? I said yes I am I said what about you? do you believe in God? or in Jesus? he said no 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 I believe in myself I said, oh, what, what do you mean? He said, I believe in myself. I, 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 I believe in people. I believe in myself. I don't really believe in Christianity because there are a lot of hypocrites, people who badmouth each other, people who say all sorts of things. They fight each other. That's what the guy said in, 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 in general terms. That's what people know. That's why Jesus said, by this, all men will know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. So this is very, very important as we are moving forward. As people start to flock the church in numbers, we, we, we need to let the love of God be bright in the church. When people come to the church and they leave, one thing that must be clear in their minds is that, wow, this church, the people love. This church, the church is full of love. Wow, I like this church. There's so much love in the church. Not judgment. You might meet someone who is a prostitute who just came from the streets wearing tight clothing and revealing. If Jesus, Mary Magdalene, he didn't suck her because of what she, she was doing. You and I are to embrace such people, especially the ladies. We are to embrace such people and love them. Genuine love. Not, 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 not hovering around when they are talking to your husband. That they are, you are hovering around. You are just hovering around. Hovering around. You don't need to hover around because they will, they, if they are going to talk to your husband, they can talk to him, <laughs> God forbid, but they can talk to him outside church. So it's not the hovering around that's going to prevent anything. But I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. So, so, so we must do something. We, 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 we must love people. There mustn't be any judgment. Don't judge people. I don't believe in judging people. Someone has messed up. Someone has fallen short. It's not a problem. Even Peter denied Jesus. Peter not only denied Jesus, but was also, according to Apostle Paul, being hypocritical. So he had to rebuke him to the face. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. You and I, as we move on, God will bless us if we 
follow the first two commandments. And I'm talking about a certain aspect of the second commandment, which is that we must love each other by this, love each other by this, by what? By this. What is this? By loving each other the way Christ loved us. By this. Now, how did Christ love us? He didn't judge. He didn't condemn. He told us not to sin. Go and sin no more. But he didn't condemn. He didn't just say, oh, you are free, free pass. No. He said, go and sin no more, but he did not condemn. So when we love like Christ loved us, all men will know that we are his disciples if we have love one to another. Now, love should not be defined by a pastor or by me or by anyone. Love should be defined in the Bible. What is love in the Bible? When you read 1 Corinthians 13, when you read the Bible, it tells you what love is. Don't say love is what another person says. Otherwise, you are putting your trust in what uh, uh, Benihin or whoever says versus what the Bible says. The Bible makes it very clear what love is. Love is kind, love is patient, love is... Read it for yourselves and find out what is love. And the way God wants us to love people, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that is how we must love people. That, it shouldn't be what I say. If I come with another definition of love, reject it. Unless it is in the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, don't... There's, I mean, you, you, you are dishonoring God or you are unfaithful to God by following what I say if it's not in the Bible. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting from verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So you can be praying in tongues. Hey, Karaba, Shandarada, prayer meeting. But it is noise because you are not loving according to God, not according to your definition or my definition. Trust me, people have definitions of love which are not in the Bible. And they fight and they criticize, they say all sorts of things about people thinking they are loving, like Apostle Paul thinking he was defending Christ, not knowing he was fighting against Christ. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. CRIC, let's make sure, because as for this, this should be our portion that we are loving. That's the most important, that when people come, they see love. Love is what is going to bind us together. Though I speak with the tongues, okay, can move on, please. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, but that is this is a very important thing, feeding the poor with your goods. But and though I give my body to be burned and have not love. It profited me nothing. Let's continue. Now, what is love? Now, look, let's read it here, and then we'll read it from ESV. Uh, we'll read it from verse 4. Let's continue. So, love suffereth long, and is kind, envieth not, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Now, let's look at what it says in ESV. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. So when you are arrogant or you boast or you try to lord over people or you try to 
brag about your riches or brag about what you have or brag about the accomplishments or brag about what God has done for you. You can brag on God, but don't brag on your accomplishments as I, but brag on God. Oh, look at what God has done for me. God did this for me. God did that for me. God did this. You see that it's not about you. It's about God. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant, but it's patient. How many of us are patient? How many of us are kind? You and I must be kind. When people are, 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 are out of the way, when people come to the church and they even have wrong intentions, love must be patient and kind. We must be kind and patient. We must not just accept anything because we are loving, but we must be patient and we must be kind to people. Even if they are not kind to us. Continue. Love is not rude. Ooh. Love is not what? Rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritate, irritable or resentful. This is love. This is God's definition, not my definition or another person's definition or your definition. Continue. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now, it does not rejoice when something wrong has happened. When someone is suffering for their wrongdoing. Yes, someone did wrong, they made a mistake. And you are, yeah, yes, you see, this person, that's, that's, that, that, that's, yeah, we, we thought as much, we are waiting for this to happen. That's not of God, that's of the devil. Yeah, you see, yeah, we are waiting, you see, we are waiting, look at it, it happened, it happened, just like you said. That's what the devil does with his demons. He always says that, you see, look at what happened. This Christian, you see what happened to him? He fell. That's what the devil does. So you and I must not be like the devil to be happy at wrongdoing or people who are suffering or people who are doing wrong. But rejoices with the truth. Rejoices with the truth of God's word. When God's word is preached or someone defends God's word, Someone defends the truth. Someone is preaching the truth. Someone is walking in the truth. The truth is magnified. Then the person rejoices. Not in misrepresentation of the truth. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. It's very, very important. Because as we are here, trust me, we will get to the point where these things will apply to us. All of us, I don't know if you are hearing what I'm saying. If you are, just give me a wave. If you are understanding, it applies to you and I. We must, all this will apply to us. Let's go back to verse 5. Or no, verse 4. You and I, there will be times in the church, as the church grows, we will need to walk in patience and kindness. We will be, we, we will be tempted not to be patient with some people. Not only in the church, but even in our own lives and our, our people, people around us. And we will be tempted not to be kind. We will be tempted to envy. We will be tempted to boast and be arrogant. Verse 5, very important. We will be tempted to be rude. And we will be tempted to insist on our own way. No, this is my way. No, I, I, I insist. This is what I'm going to do. I have to do it this way. It is not irritable or resentful, of course. If you are insisting on your way because God said it, if you don't do it, you are disobeying God. 
So if God is telling you to do something, you better insist and keep insisting, but just make sure it's God. Verse 6. You and I must not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoice in the truth. Verse 7. We must bear all things. We must endure difficulty. We must endure all things that are, are, are laid on us by people. What am I saying? I'm saying that the Bible says in, you don't need to say it, but 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 to 24, the Bible says that Jesus, even though he did not sin, he was threatened, he was insulted, he was reviled, but he did not retaliate, but suffered and committed himself to the one who judges righteously. So he was doing this for an example to us. What is the point of being uh, 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 enduring suffering or beating, beating when you did wrong? But when you didn't do wrong and you are beaten, you are insulted, it, it, it is good. Also, the Bible says, Yea, for they that shall live godly in Christ shall suffer, suffer persecution. So as persecution is going on because you are living godly in Christ, you should bear it. I don't know what I'm preaching to you. Let me get that verse. Am I preaching to somebody? Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.12 and then you come back to 1 Corinthians 13.7. 1 Timothy 1. No, sorry, you're right. 2 Timothy 3.12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Yeah. Will be persecuted. Hallelujah. So, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, 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 is it uh, 7? You and I must bear it. Bear it. Bear all things. And not only bear all things, but believe all things. So far as in the Bible, believe it. Believe all things. Hope all things and endure all things. That is love. You and I must endure all things. No matter what it is, endure it. If you have to suffer for Christ, endure it. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Meaning that if there are prophecies that, oh, that said the Lord, it will eventually fail. Or when, when you say fail, it will finish. Do you believe it? Prophecies will finish. Tongues will cease. Knowledge will also vanish away. Why? Let's look at it in NLT. 13 verse 8 and I'll tell you why. Love will last forever. But prophecy and speaking in other languages and special knowledge will all disappear. Why? When you are in heaven, prophesying about, prophesying about what's in heaven? What are you prophesying about in heaven? In heaven, there's no need for prophecy. In heaven, there's no need for speaking in tongues. In heaven, there's no need for special knowledge. It will all disappear, but love will never disappear. Love will never fail. Love is forever. That's why love is the greatest. Continue, verse 8. Uh, go back to ESV. Okay. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But so long as we are here, prophecies will continue. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, or when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, 
but then face to face now i know in part then i shall know fully then i shall know fully even as i have been fully known not yet but then verse 13 so now faith hope and love remain these three but the greatest of these is love why when we are in heaven there's no need for faith faith is complete so faith is not forever in heaven in jesus name i pray for the heart in heaven it's on earth hope how can you be hoping for uh, uh, expecting something good in the future when you are in the good in heaven but love will always be around because we will continue to see the love of god and christ and just boom beaming through them beaming through god to us that one is forever that's why the greatest is love and that's why it's only those who love who would rule or rather who would be blessed what do you think and then we know from matthew chapter 22 verse 34 to 40 jesus the bible says and that when the pharisees pharisees have said that he had put the Sadducees to silence one of them being a lawyer asked him a question tempting him saying master which is the great commandment in the law and what did Jesus say? And he said unto them, Thou you shall, oh, this yes, it's okay. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Continue. This is the great, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 40. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. So everything that was written by the, by Moses in the law. Everything, the whole law that was written by Moses and everything the prophets said in the Old Testament, every single thing the Old Testament prophets said and the law said, it was all bringing us, number one, to Jesus Christ and to love God and to love each other. That, that, that's all. So that's why the Bible says, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. Number two, so this is number one, very important. I'm just touching on these. Amen. Number two, you and I must make sure that we do not allow Satan to have any advantage over us. Do not allow satan to have any advantage over us because god is taking us higher but if we are not careful satan can easily get an advantage over us easily if we fall to certain things james 5 9 use uh, NLT first. Don't grumble. After this, you, you, you read the Berean Study Bible. So have, start looking for it. Don't grumble about each other, my brothers and sisters, or God will judge you. For look, the great judge is coming. He is standing at the door. Berean study bible okay i'll read it 
Do not complain about one another, brethren, so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge is standing at the door. Now we know this verse, but this verse is telling us that we mustn't complain about each other, family members. Don't complain about Christians, if your fellow Christians, don't complain. Just go straight to the person and tell them. Just go straight to the person. Jesus said, uh, let me just show you something. Look at Luke 17. We'll read it later on if we have time. But look at Luke 17, uh, verse 3 and 4. And then we come back to James. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. But that way, rebuke doesn't mean go and fight and start shouting. No, it means tell the person, that the brother or sister, that look, you've offended me. I'm offended. You did A, B, C, D. You go back to verse. Yeah, good. And if the, 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 the brother or sister repents, then you forgive. But many Christians don't say it. And they keep it in. And then it turns into bitterness, malice. And then they start to betray each other, offend each other. But what they don't do, which they should do, is that they should go to the person. And if you repent, forgive him. Verse 4. No, in fact, before verse 4, look at this in NLT. I am warning you, if anyone, you see, look at this, I am warning you, Jesus. If another believer sins, rebuke him. Then if he repents, forgive him. Look at it in INIV. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. But remember that sins against you. And if he repents, forgive him. Because you, you, don't, you, you, are, you, are, you are not supposed to forgive someone who, if someone has gone to uh, 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 sin against God and you, you are going to forgive the person. No. It's God who forgives. But you can forgive someone who has offended you. Now look at uh, ESV. You don't have Berean study. That's fine. ESV. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now go back to King James and let's continue. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Verse 4. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So, it's, now go back to uh, uh, James. Is it, hallelujah, James 5, 9. So what does it mean? It means there's no excuse to just be grumbling and complaining about each other instead of telling the person that they have offended you. Why? Because the judge is standing behind the door ready to condemn thee, the one who is grudging. Do not grudge against another, brethren. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important. Satan should not get an advantage of us because we are going to prosper. We are going to do well. We are moving forward in life, in God, 
in everything. God is going to bless us financially. There are going to be testimonies in abundance. Testimonies are going to be the norm. It's like just the grace, saying, saying the grace. It's just going to be overflowing. I thought I'd hear amen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was in Minneapolis, testimony, every, every time there's a testimony, every time there's a testimony, every time there's a testimony, but it's going to even be more. Every, almost every week there's a testimony, it's going to be more. Amen? More, 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 more. It's going to be more. Hallelujah. So you and I, let me tell you another thing that can give Satan an advantage. The first we talked about is grudging or complaining. The brilliant that's why I wanted the Berean. So I want to encourage you to get all the versions. But Berean, I'll read that again before we go to the next. Do not complain about one another. Hallelujah. Do not complain about one another. And that word grudge is the word stenazo, which means grief, anger, or desire to, uh, 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 to murmur. To, to, to inaudibly uh, murmur with grief, groan, grudge, complain, etc., etc. So let's be careful. Okay. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 to 11. There are a few places that the Bible make clearly says, look, Satan will get an advantage of you or over you. So be careful. There, there are a few places, but when the Bible says that, look, be careful about this because Satan would outwit you, then you and I must take it seriously because that is one of Satan's critical, I mean, major tools. We know he's a, he's a deceiver. He's the accuser. You see, what, what people don't realize is that when you accuse someone that, oh, this person left here because they wanted to make a name for themselves, or this person left here because of this, you are part of the accuser because you, 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 you are accusing because you don't know the person's heart. But you, 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 you are saying it and the devil is clapping for you. So you and I must be careful what we see. Okay, let's continue. Hallelujah. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. Very, very important. So always be careful. From now on, don't judge someone based on their actions because you don't know. Hallelujah. When, someone, when people come to the church, try not to judge. Them. Don't say anything that is judgmental. Rather, Give them the benefit of the doubt and love them. And number two, be careful to make sure that you are not complaining or grudging against other people. Then we are giving you another example. Okay, so that contrary-wise, ye ought rather to forgive him. Now this is someone who sinned and did something bad in the church. And, for, and comfort him lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow, eight. Wherefore I beseech you that ye would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. Think about that. So Apostle Paul was telling them that, look, it's time to forgive. I have told you to forgive the person. So the person will not be overcome with much sorrow. So forgive the person. I want to see if you will obey me in this. 
that to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgive it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ. Verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So from now you and I, we must not be ignorant concerning Satan's devices. Don't, do not ask for the word unforgiveness should be a bad it should, it should not be a word that is in your heart. The, the unforgiveness is such a crime against God that God doesn't I mean he, he, he doesn't like it. And Satan knows it. Satan knows that unforgiveness is an important thing. That's why for me and you, don't worry about what anyone says about you. Don't, don't, don't just leave it like Mary Woodward Etta. Jan Alexander Dowie was talking about her, saying all sorts of things. Women shouldn't preach this, that, that, that. All she said is that God will give you the judge. So you and I must be that way. At work, in church, wherever you are, very important. Make sure that unforgiveness does not exist in your life. Because that is Satan's easy weapon against you and I. But you and I must overcome it. Look at this in NLT. I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody. So that Satan will not outsmart us. I don't think any of us who are listening want Satan to outsmart us. Satan should not be able to outwit or outsmart us or get an advantage over us. Because remember that you are in a war. So when you are in a war and your enemy has gotten an advantage or gained an advantage over you, then you are now, you can easily become the underdog. You, or is that right? You can easily become the one who is being pursued or the one who is at the lower end because Satan has gotten an advantage over you. God forbid. So how do you prevent that? Make sure, now this had to do with someone who has sinned in the church. Maybe he had done something terrible, whether maybe messed up or, or, or stolen or, or did something bad to the people at the church at Corinth. And Apostle Paul was saying that, yes, you've exercised him, but it's now time to bring him back. Forgive him so that he doesn't fall into so much sorrow that he's uh, destroyed. But bring him back. Bring him back. Restore him. Forgive him. So that Satan does not outwit us. For we are not ignorant concerning his devices. Unforgiveness is a bait of Satan. Now you and I, the only way, I mean, I don't know any better way to overcome unforgiveness than to and be sure you've, you've forgiven than Bishop Dyke was he was Mill's book on forgiveness made easy. So I want to encourage you to get the book. Hallelujah. Um, you can go on Amazon, get the book. Hallelujah. We don't have a, a, a I'm sure very soon we will have a bookshop. Uh, but for now, get the book and read it. If you have unforgiveness towards anyone, whether it's a family member, whether it is even your boss or someone at work or a friend or someone in church, I'm encouraging you to take it as an emergency. Because if you are not forgiving that person already, based on the Bible, based on 2 Corinthians 2, 11, Satan has an advantage over you. Claire. And 
the wicked dragon, that wicked serpent, the devil. I mean, you don't want him to have an advantage over you. You do not want that. You do not want that. Hallelujah. There are examples. Look at Apostle Paul. If you read uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 36 to 41, Apostle Paul and Barnabas, Apostle Paul and Apostle Barnabas were apostles. And they were going on their missionary journeys and they had John Mark to go with them. And John Mark said he was not going with them and went to Jerusalem. So Apostle Paul was not happy about that. And when they decided to go on their missionary, another missionary journey, Apostle Paul and Barnabas agreed to go. As they were going, Barnabas said, okay, we are taking John Mark. Apostle Paul said, no, we are not taking John Mark. And there was a sharp dispute, very sharp dispute. And because of the sharp dispute, they said, when they are separate ways, Apostle Paul took Silas and Barnabas took John Mark. Who wrote the Gospel of Mark because he became a son of Peter and he wrote John Mark based on Peter's account. Hallelujah! But you realize that even in spite of all that, uh, Apostle Paul commended uh, 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 John Mark later on in one of the uh, letters. So it shows that Apostle Paul sorted out his grievances with John Mark and Barnabas later on. Very, very important. So it's not a matter of just a sharp dispute, but even the people who are in the Bible who are examples, after a sharp dispute, they settle their score. Hallelujah. So no one can say, oh, well, but Apostle Paul wrote about the test of the Bible. He had a sharp dispute with uh, uh, Barnabas. So therefore, no, we can't free ourselves. It is against our uh, progress or our blessing. What do you think? Let me give you a couple more. Look at Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Let's look from verse 1. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she, be, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. Well, time is up, but I'll finish shortly. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his fruit and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Wait here. Before we get to, uh, we're going to verse 7. But uh, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, from verse, uh, uh, verse 3. Of, go, go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. And we'll come back to Genesis 4. Verse 4. Sorry. Hebrews 11 4. By faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. But God testified of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So, we understand what happened in Genesis 4.4. 4. 
Genesis 4, 4, the Bible says, God had respect unto Abel's offering. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, tells us why God had more respect unto Abel's offering. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So it means that when you and I are even sacrificing for God, we are sacrificing to serve God or sacrificing financially or in any way, and we sacrifice in faith, God respects our sacrifice. If we sacrifice by pressure or not in faith, then that's a different story. Let's continue. Genesis chapter 4, verse 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his fruit, of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Because it was not by faith. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. He was what? Very wroth, and his countenance fell. Continue. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou, art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Verse 7. If thou doest well, Shall thou not be accepted? Meaning that if you do well, if you offer an acceptable sacrifice, it will be accepted. So don't be angry. Just offer another sacrifice, but just make sure that it is acceptable to me. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now when you read this in King James, you can, it's a bit blind to us. Look at ESV before NLT to see what God was saying in verse 7. So let's go verse 6 and 7. ESV said, The Lord said unto Cain, Why are, are you angry? And why has your face fallen? So maybe God burnt up and consumed up Abel's offering, and Cain's was left, and Cain's face was falling and angry. He was angry. If you do well, Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. You see how the ESV says, you must rule over, 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 over sin. You must rule over its desire. But look at how King James says it. Verse 7. So if you don't do the study well, you will now say that you are supposed to rule over something. No. You are to rule over the sin. And unto thee shall he be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So you are to rule over this, the desire of sin that wants to have you. Now, what is the lesson of this? This lesson is saying that when you are offended, when you are upset, when things are not going well, you and I must be very, very careful to master and overcome the offense. Because if we don't overcome the offense, the offense already is crouching at a distance, ready to overtake us. But if we don't master it, it will overtake us. But when we master it, we will be able to subdue it. NLT, please. Hallelujah, very important. You will be acceptable if you respond in the right way. But if you refuse to respond correctly, then watch out. So, you are offended. You are angry. 
what's the solution? Just do right. Just do it again. Do right and you'll be accepted. Because if you don't do right, you will continue to be angry. So I'm telling you to watch out. Because sin is waiting to attack and destroy you. And you must subdue sin. So what does it mean? That's why when you are offended, don't make any decisions. When you are offended, don't make any decisions when you are offended. Don't make a decision to leave a church when you are offended. Mistake. Don't make a decision to, 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 to leave a friendship or anything when you are offended. Because sin has come. I mean, the, the whole situation is, is going to confuse your mind. And you will not make the right decisions. A decision is made properly when you are not offended. Time has passed. You have prayed. You are very confident because God is telling you in every kind of way that this is what you must do. And then you do it. Not only because you've heard some voices, but the Bible has backed it. You are praying about it and you know that God wants you to do it. But when you are angry, it's going to be very difficult for you to, to, to make the right decision. What do you think? Let's get a couple more. My time is up. Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews 12, 15. Let's use NLT here. Make, uh, look after each other so that none of you will miss out on the special favor of God. Watch out that no bitter root of unbelief rises up among you. For whenever it springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. ESV. So that's why it's important. King James and ESV and NESV are very important as the source. One, what else? Uh, let's go back to NLT. NLT says, watch out that no bitter root of unbelief rises up among you. Now go back to ESV and then King James. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So you and I can be defiled by the root of bitterness. Bitterness against others. And it can also be bitterness of unbelief. But this is broader than bitterness of unbelief. Look at it in NESB. See to it that none, no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by it many be defiled. So you and I must take heed and be careful. So that no root of Bitterness defiles us. No root of bitterness. When God is, is testing us, he uses forgiveness, money, and, and love, walking in love. But bitterness, or rather forgiving, forgiving people, and money, walking in love, to test us. Hallelujah. So you and I must be very careful. We are moving forward. Love God, love each other. Make sure that Satan does not get an advantage by us grudging 
complain rather go to the person like i said go to the person jesus said go to the person and tell the person you have done this and this to me i'm offended if the person repents then you forgive the person but if the person comes and says forgive me because i've offended you seven times forgive them seven times 70 times seven in a day and do not allow satan to get an advantage over you because the war is already fierce. And even when it doesn't have an advantage, the Bible says in uh, Ephesians 6, and having done what to stand, stand therefore. So we are standing and we are fighting spiritual warfare and now he has an advantage. Then you are handicapped if the devil has an advantage. By unforgiveness, bitterness, these are what gives him an advantage. And finally, 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 quickly, finally, number three. Know God. Know God for yourself. Know Him. I said what? Know Him. Know Him. Know Him. Because of time, I'll just give us two verses. John 1, 6 to 8. John 1. No, sorry. Joshua, Joshua. Joshua 1, 6 to 8. Joshua. Yehoshua 1.6.8 Joshua Be strong and of a good courage for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee to turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Before we continue, I've come to see that there is a distinction between those who seek diligently to hear the voice of God and to follow it like Abraham and all those people did and those who are afraid to do it. So I want to encourage us because when God speaks to you, no one will need to prompt you to do something. When God speaks to you and tells you, do this business, no one needs to push you. When God speaks to you and tells you, win souls, no one needs to tell you. When God speaks to you and tells you, do this for me, no one needs to tell you. When God tells you love, when God tells you to forgive, when God tells you to serve him, you, you will see that because God has spoken to you and you've been able to hear his voice and to follow it, you are going to do it because God spoke to you. I don't know if I get what I'm saying, but that comes by reading his law. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. When God says, hey, don't turn left or right. Don't be like the junior prophet. God said, go and tell the king this. When you finish, do not step in anyone's house. Go straight home. Don't eat in anyone's house. Many people told the junior prophet, come, 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 come to my house. Junior prophet said, no, I'm not coming. God said, I shouldn't come. Then a senior prophet came to him and said, I'm going to uh, uh, come and eat. He said, no, God said, no. Then he said, that's here the Lord. He lied. And then the junior prophet went to eat. As the junior prophet was eating the chicken, he took a bite of the chicken. 
as he was eating the chicken, then the person who lied to him said, that said the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord actually spoke to him and said, you disobeyed me. <laughs> Imagine how angry the junior prophet would be. You, you, you lied to me, and now you are, you are being, the, the prophecy has really come. And you are telling me that I, lie, I, I disobeyed God and I'll die. So, because they don't turn to the left or to the right. When the Bible says A, let it be A. When the Bible says B, let it be B. That is going to distinguish between you and I and other Christians. When you know that God said this and it is in line with the word of God. If it's not in line with the word of God, then it might not be God. Make sure you have more than two, three scriptures backing what you are doing. When you know it is God, this business, and you do it. When you know it is God, God says do this and you do it and you do not shift to the left or to the right. God will prosper you. Let me read it again so you understand it. Joshua 1, 7, 8. Only be that strong and very courageous. You need to be strong and courageous to not shift and to just say this is what God said and this is final. God will honor it against our odds. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. You prosper when you do not shift left or right from what God said. And if we are not going to miss the God said. No, because the devil can also do that. The devil can come like an angel of light and say, go to this direction. No. But when you get a voice that says, go to this direction, then you use the Bible to determine who is speaking. Not just one verse, not just two verses, multiple verses. And when you have the amount of two or three witnesses everywhere will be established, then you know who is speaking to you. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou, remember, thou shall make thy way prosperous. Who will make thy way prosperous? You will make your way prosperous. Because God will give you the ability and the power to obtain wealth. Then you will have good success. So you see that when you followed God, then God will give you the power to obtain wealth. And you yourself, what you do, because of God's help, will make you prosperous. And you will have good success. Why? Because you followed what God said. <clears throat> when Abraham was following God, the Bible says he followed the voice of the Lord. And God said, you obeyed me. You are faithful to me. You are, you are a man of faith because when I spoke to your heart, when I spoke, you heard it and it was in line with the word of God and you took it and nothing moved you. Am I preaching to someone? Then what will be the result? Just for time's sake, Daniel 11, 30, 30 to 32. Glory. God, hallelujah. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. You and I will be distinguished. Ladies and gentlemen, CRC, we will be distinct. There will be a clear difference when you follow God. All the people in the Bible who followed what God said, God made them different because it is not easy to follow the voice of God. And not just the voice of God in terms of ministry, but in terms of even business, whatever you are going to do. Whatever it is, where you will be, what you are going to do, everything, when God says A, 
I've made certain decisions. Even there was a camp I was in, I made a decision that from that time, there's a certain type of job I'm not going to get again. After that time, I said, I'm moving to a certain place. And I mean, that's what I'm saying. That, and, and it's amazing. Let me tell you, let me say this before we go to Daniel 11.32. I remember, I believe that God wanted me to move to DFW. I've been working, working, working for three years, applied for work, no job in DFW, not a single job. For three and a half years, I apply, apply, apply. Then, I'll go back to Daniel and the I'm closing with that. I applied nothing at hand. And then, it's like God spoke to me. It's time, move. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a job in DFW, but I knew God said go. So I had to register with Uber and all these different places so that I'll be able to sustain myself whilst waiting on God to see what God will do. Three and a half years, no job. God says go. Then I resign. I leave and I go to DFW. And then I can't remember that it was two months or so. Then the job started to flow in DFW. Started to flow at well. And then I got the kind of job I was looking for, which I couldn't get in where I was. The kind of job that I told God or I believe God wanted me to get so that I can be free to serve God. I was able to get that kind of job only when I made that decision to leave Cleveland. The voice of the Lord. I said, well, the voice of the Lord. So was it the voice of God? How, three and a half years, not a single... I made about two or three interviews and those ones were shut down immediately. And then you make the move, you resign, no job at hand, but you know that God said go. It's not that you are not afraid, you are wondering, what am I, what am I doing? But I believe it's God, so I go. And I go to DFW, two months or so, two, three months max, then they, then they start to flow at will, the jobs. And then I have to, even, then my worry now is, which one do I choose? They are fighting, which one do I choose? If it's not God, then what is it? Glory to God. And that's what we are talking about. If it's a business, is it, what is it? When God says, yes, do it, God will show it. Daniel eleven thirty two, And such as do wickedly, oh, I said verse 30 to 32, please. 32 is the climax. For the ships of Chittim shall come. This is the last verse for today. <laughs> Time is up. Against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant so shall he do he shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant and arms shall stand on his path and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that make it desolate now this abomination that make it desolate i've preached on 21 reasons why it must not be left behind this one happened in history uh, with Antipas or so one of these guys who overtook the uh, Judea area and he took over and prevented sacrifice and uh, uh, slaughtered a, 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 a pig at the temple and, and, and you know, desecrated the temple. That is what we call the abomination that makes desolate, which will cause God to leave the, the, temp the temple. Now, this happened in, I mean, in history, not too long before Jesus, you know, Jesus' time. 
and it will happen again when the Antichrist comes. This one is another story altogether, but this is talking about when Judas Maccabees and all those people revolted. I mean, it's, it's a whole uh, thing, but let's study it. Let's continue. Glory to God. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he carry out by flatteries. But the people, who glory to God. I said, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. NESB says, and the people that do know their God, what does it say in NESB? They shall take action. NESB, they shall take action. The people who do know their God will display strength and take action. I see you taking action. I said, I see you taking action, but that comes by knowing God. When you know God, you will hear his voice. You will hear to him. You will be a can-do man. You will be a can-do woman. When we, oh, I tell you, so I want to encourage us, let's get into the word. Let's know God for ourselves. The Bible cannot be broken. So long as you know God, so long as you know God, you know his power, you know his strength, you are guaranteed to display strength. You are guaranteed to take action. You, you will do exploits. The people who don't know their God, they shall work strong. I said, I see you waxing strong. I see you displaying strength and taking action. May you take action. May you take action. May you do exploits because you know your God. Because you know your God. Hallelujah. I see people, those, oh, everyone who is listening to me, who is receiving this well. I see you displaying strength. Taking action, doing exploits for Jesus. Or exploits for Jesus, whether it's not only in ministry, but financially in every aspect of your life. You will display strength. You will take action. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father God, we bless your name and worship you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the grace to love you and love each other. The grace to forgive and not be grudging, not to give Satan an advantage, and the grace to know you and to display strength and to take action. Father God, we bless your holy name and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know in your heart, that if you die today, you do not know whether you will go to heaven or hell. But you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. You want him to save you. You want him to wash you as white as snow. Then I want to pray with you. If you want Jesus, if you want your sins forgiven, I want you to repeat after me. The Bible says that we must confess Jesus as Lord and that God raised him from the dead after he died for our sins and we will be saved. All you need to do is to believe that Jesus died for your sins, his blood was shed for your sins, and God raised him from the dead. You are saved then. Shall we pray? Repeat after me if you want Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. 
I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer, or you've rededicated your life to Christ, God has forgiven you of your sins. You are washed as white as snow, and your sins are forgiven. Father God, we pray for those who have given their lives to you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you keep and preserve them in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. And for those watching, I want to say God bless you. May God keep you. May God preserve you. May God watch over you. May God deliver you. May God keep and preserve you. May God's blessings which may get rich and added no sorrows be your portion in Jesus' name. God bless you. Shalom, shalom till next time.